rise and shine football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Champions League Tuesday. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, who's adjusting his mate. Adjusting. Everything's in place. A little bit late today. We got the cardigan-wearing Charlie Davies in the house. Alexis Guerreros. Michelle Jingras here for some headlines. Hi, guys. Hey. How are we doing? Um, okay, let's chat some Champions League, shall we? Match day four. Let's Coming up, let's go. Here's a look at the matches that we have to look forward to today. In Group E, Lazio taking on Feyenoord. We have Atleti hosting Celtic. Uh, Group F, we'll see AC Milan taking on PSG. And Borussia Dortmund host Newcastle United. Um, our coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let us dive into some Group F action. Here's a look at the table as it sits right Oof. now. PSG currently sitting on top with six points. Dortmund and Newcastle both with four. AC Milan at the bottom with two. So we're halfway through mm -hmm. group stage play at this point. Charlie, are you at all surprised? This was Group F was arguably the, the toughest group. Yes, it is the, group, the toughest the, group. The group of death. When you look at how the standings are right now at this point in the mm -hmm. group stage, are you surprised? at how it looks. Yes, I'm surprised with Milan in particular. I, I think what we've learned from them in this group stage is that they don't have depth. Hmm. And in the attack is where they've been struggling. They're one of two teams to have not scored in all of group, group stage play, which is crazy. Do you know the other, other team? Yeah, I you have know this. Ooh. Uh, Antwerp? No, they did score. Yes! Did they, did Antwerp! They score? Come on now. Alexis kind of knows. No. <laughs> My man knows. They, uh, I'm sorry, Benfica. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it, was a good, um, it was a good guess, though. But no, that was a good uh, guess. Milan, for all that they have, the talent that they have, they don't have depth, and they haven't been, a been able to find a rhythm in the attacking third. It feels like Rafa Leao is on an island. He's always isolated 1v1, and they just hope that he can create with something. Giroud needs service. He's not getting it. And Christian Pulisic, we saw when he's not on the field, oh my God. they lose a lot of creativity in that attacking third. Someone who can su support, whether it's Rafa Leao or Giroud, but be that link-up play. And it it's been... Very, very underwhelming for Milan. And, and, you know, I think Dortmund are very fortunate to be in this group at second place with four points. Mm -hmm. This is this game against Milan. If Milan don't win, I think it's curtains for them in the Champions League. But it's, it's a must Would win a going into this. Would a draw be good enough? But, no, I mean, but, even, no. but they're at, at home. home. Yeah. At home. Uh, Mil a, a draw would not be good enough no, for yeah, Milan right now. They need, they need to, to win, win this match. Th this group is so tight. There's way too much quality. There's going to be two odd men out. And... To talk about the lack of depth, not only is Pulisic missing at the weekend, right? Chukweze also, it's the same position. I understand that maybe you're not that high on Chukweze, but it's still you're the natural replacement for somebody who would be playing in Pulisic's position on the right wing. Teo Hernandez yes. not being there, there's a massive drop off because he can contribute so much going forward. Milan needs to, it's it's inexcusable that they haven't gotten uh, a result a, a win. It's inexcusable they, they haven't scored a goal. Just yeah. They need to start a different eleven than they did against Udinese because that was embarrassing. Gave Udinese their first win on the season. The middle of the park was completely empty of a red and black shirt. It was 
tough to watch. Giroud gutting it out in the last few seconds, trying to get a trying to get an equalizer. It was it was difficult to watch. Lao, complete. You said on an island. This man looked alone. He looked like he was on his own team. It looked like he upset something somebody in the locker room. They didn't want to pass to him. There was there was no way to get the ball to him. It was really difficult to watch. If they come back with that same uh, eleven, this is going to be a really difficult match against PSG. They've only played each other twice, and it's been one to one. They've each won one match. This one, I can't, I, I'm, I can't see a way where PSG loses this <laughs> if AC Milan brings out that same 11. That was really rough. And just in terms of defending, it, it's, it was shambolic. Mm-hmm. The way that you go against PSG to, to play into their hands with counterattack football, yes, I mean, Zaire Emery was, was absolutely incredible the way he broke out of midfield, but you can't allow Mbappe and Dembele mm-hmm. 1v1 opportunities. I don't care mm-hmm. how good of a defender mm-hmm. you are. You need support because they're so electrifying. They can go left or right, and they're quick as hell. So y- you need support. And uh, this was a, a game where you, if you're tomorrow, you wake up and you have nightmares because he was absolutely terrorized. Kalulu, and now he's injured. So this, they, they need to get better defensively first because you, you can't allow PSG to counter. You played right into their hands. But now against Dortmund, we saw how they just absolutely got thrashed yeah. against, uh, yes, it's Bayern Munich. But they also play a little chaotic in the sense of so much space in the midfield. Control the game. Don't allow Dortmund to get into the attack. Don't allow Dortmund to get comfortable. And they need to score early. That's what Milan needs to get that first goal. And I think things will start to flow for them. Um, all right. Yeah, that Milan PSG game, 3 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Again, our coverage starts at 2 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, let's transition over to Dortmund, Newcastle. Dortmund getting, I think, a surprise result at St. James's Park the last time out in yeah. a match where Newcastle, how many times did... They hit the bar. I mean, they had so many opportunities in that, and that was a it felt like a huge missed opportunity for Newcastle to collect points. I think they probably looked at that match at home and thought, we are going to get points here. Uh, but massive credit to Dortmund, who were able to get the 1-0 win. Yeah, Dortmund haven't been impressive this season, despite them being close to the top of the Bundesliga. Um, they've lost a star player like Jude Bellingham, and they've lost like Guerrero, for example. It doesn't feel like a team that can compete for an entire season in Bundesliga, but they did get a big punch in the fight at Newcastle, unexpectedly so. So this is a way that you can kind of just keep on getting everything back on track because mm-hmm. it's always Bayern. It's always Bayern that sets them back in the first semester and the second semester of the season. So this is a chance to kind of get the one-two punch and, and stay in this fight. This is going to go down to the last match. And, and you have to look at Newcastle in their, their first match against Milan on the road oh, to come away with yeah. a draw. And, it, and they and gave away they possession. PSG. And they yeah. PSG. I think for Newcastle, coming off a win against Arsenal, a massive game. They've got some injuries, though. They do have some injuries. But I think that the, the momentum is in their favor to go into this game and say, hey, we just beat Arsenal. You think? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I think they, they're, they're happy with where they are right now. Uh, if you're looking at a Group F, it's mm. Group of Death, you're in Champions League. Newcastle happy with a win? With a, excuse me, with a draw? On they the road, yes. Yeah. They should go for the win. But, I mean, they, but they you want to win this home. game. Yeah, I think, I think Newcastle is a better team than Dortmund. Do you think at the end of today that this table is going to look differently than it does right now? No, I think PSG is going to remain at the top. Yep. And I think AC Milan is going to remain at the bottom. 
PSG is hitting fine form right now. They are. It's a little Zaire bit scary. Looking good. Yeah, it is. It is scary. And they're scoring a lot. And then Bailey's getting hot. Kang Ka Yin Lee also. Yeah. Mm, all Very right. Difficult. It's gonna be tough for Dortmund. Oof. Yeah, not they easy. They have five straight wins in all competitions. PSG. Yeah. Yeah, in good form. It's a good time to get hot. Um, we are just scratching the surface of our Champions League conversations. We are going to take a break right now, uh, but Michelle is going to be back with some headlines when we return. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right yeah. back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Welcome back. London Derby action from yesterday was absolute chaos. Here's the highlights from Tottenham hosting Chelsea. Mauricio Pochettino returning to his old club. This this match was completely unhinged. Yeah, Kulisevsky scores early and off that deflection from Colwell. He just wasn't defending, didn't get tight enough. And then it was... VAR City. This oh was the VAR show. This oh was VAR.com. Again, what, here. What is that? Christian Romero just absolutely tackles Enzo Fernandez. Challenge. You can see VAR, it's easy because his leg was extended with the force, and then he sent off PK, and then Raheem Sterling slides in Nicholas Jackson, the and then door. Nicholas Jackson again. Looks and exactly Tottenham the same. Two men at this point. W let's go one let's more. Let's just one more. Why not? Now look at Mudrik. He's there. He's like, please, just let me get please. a tap in. And <laughs> no, he's going to take it for himself. <laughs> and look at the celebration. Mudrik's like, I'm just going to walk back. I'm not it even was going nuts. over It was 5.30 p.m., and I was like, this match is still going on. Uh, but check, check out some of the numbers from this. Nine offside calls, five disallowed goals, five goals scored, two red cards, one penalty, one half. Patrick and um, a couple of significant injuries. Pure mayhem. To Tottenham. Pure mayhem. So Mickey Vandeven pulls up with, uh, with a hamstring injury. For, first it was Madison, and then Madison and goes Vandeven down. And literally in the same minute. Uh, Madison goes down holding his ankle. We assume it's an ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, we're hearing Richarlison might be out for a little while. Uh, yeah, but it's losing. And Romero's out for three games. Three games with Vandeven. And Vandeven out for a long time. That's going to be a while. So Vandeven's yeah. injury. Vandeven and Madison both went down without contact. That was really difficult but to But Vandeven's yeah. was like the, yeah, held, just holding got back a gunshot to, yeah. to the hamstring. Um, it was oof, painful to watch. The Premier League is going down a scary slope with VAR. They're, they're um, obsessed with nitpicking every single reviewable action. And... That's not what it was intended for. Correct. It's killing the natural flow and rhythm of the game. VAR was supposed to be brought in to be have the least impact or the least interference in the game. And yesterday was a gross exaggeration of how VAR can manipulate 
But think about uh, it. It's all we've talked the about. The flow and rhythm of the game. Like, it, even yesterday's show, I mean, it was the Mikel Arteta conversation. It's, it's the it, headline. It, it, We're not it's talking all, about football. It's always the headline. We're talking about VAR, yeah. and but that's not what it was meant Is to it be. not because of how ineffective it's being used or inefficient it's being used? Not because the fact that it's being overused? We just were, were this past weekend, all we did was talk about how VAR wasn't used with an elbow um, or a soft right. part of your arm, but, and how VAR missed uh, potentially missed a foul or overlooked a foul. We're talking about that, and now you're saying that it's over, being and, overused? And, and now here, here's the thing. It's just poor refereeing. On, on both sides. Well, the, it was the, affecting the refereeing because now the ARs on top of that. aren't raising their flag when they should raise a flag because there was yesterday a, co- a couple oh my of gosh. clear offside and they, they kept waited. the flag down. But that's protocol. Yeah, but that's the problem. The okay. protocol's off. All right. And well, the protocol I, I is in place because of VAR. But the opposite is you raise your flag and it wasn't offside. Now the now the. All right. The, I get I get why the protocol's there. It's just it's difficult it's, to get over this. It's clear. IFAB needs to have sit down and have a conversation see how can we have the least impact on the game because of the technology? But going back to the bad refereeing, how does Michael Oliver not see Puti Romero going studs up into his Argentina teammate, Enzo Fernandez? How does he not see that? Why does it need to go to VAR? It's like they're letting play because they have VAR there to, to save them, to help them out when, when they're making these gross mistakes. Like in the LAFC game, and when, they, when it goes to zero, after the ref bumps into the player, how does the sideline ref not see the offside from Carlos Vela? They really have to go to VAR. They have to go over to the monitor. The, the, that is the clear as day in offside. So my worry is on the refereeing. With VAR, with bad refereeing combined, it's explosive. It's mm-hmm. incendiary. Fans aren't happy. Players aren't happy. Managers clearly aren't happy. And the Prem who kind of leads this charge is is going down a slippery slope. It's scary because it's it's too much. Here's where I think you're mistaken. It's human error each time. It's not an overuse of VAR. It's the ref sitting back saying, oh, well, we'll see it in VAR. It's the sideline yeah, saying, saying, oh, we'll see it in VAR. It's subjective calls. It's subjective. Well. Or it's refs missing it and saying, oh, well, if they tell me to go to the screen, then I'll take a look at it. As opposed to in the past where they would have had to make that call in the moment. To me, it's human error across the board. I'm at the point where I'm saying, now we need VAR for VAR. We need a video assistant referee to look at what the video assistant referee like, has done. Uh, ridiculous. I'm a proponent of challenges where it's on a manager's authority to take the to bring in the technology not the ref because if it's on the ref's shoulders they can scrutinize every reviewable action and that's what they're doing in the prem mm-hmm. it's not happening in major league soccer it's least less impactful major league soccer would it's, it not help what, if what we... about the grabs in the box this grab is a pen. This one's not. This Would it not help if the video assistant course. referee was just constantly reviewing the match and telling the ref, hey, you missed something? Hey, Bob. They are doing that. They're clearly not. They're clearly waiting for either something bad enough to happen where they call down to the ref and tell them to wait. It should be a constant review. It should, it should be that the ref on the, on the pitch is secondary because at this point they're not doing their job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We could spend hours hours talking about this. I miss, um, I miss the old reference. I miss it. Yeah. The game's different. I get VAR for the ball crossing sure. the line. Clearly, the ref doesn't see it. The AR's not in the line. A signal, it was a goal. Fine. I get there's a player who's completely offside. Not inches, 
we're, 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 we gotta get a line and go, oh, yeah. it. Taking advantage of your position is what's written in IFAB. How is Son taking advantage of his position there? IFAB, IFAB needs to sit down and properly have a thing. I, I don't want to see offside called because of an inch. Yeah. I really don't. Unless it helps my team. No. no I'm okay with it. it. It hurts my brain. It hurts I'm my all brain. For it. Nothing, Tied to the runner. Nothing <laughs> is clear and obvious, um, but what is clear and obvious is that Michelle has been waiting so patiently to bring us some, some headlines. I know it is. It's yeah. wild, though. I, and just to button it quickly, it does kind of make you miss the simplicity of just making calls, right? I think we live in a society and culture now where like we wanted to get it advanced. We wanted to see, have a chance to look again, get the closer look, and then you go the other way too far. And now it's just like, wait, I kind of miss the rest just like doing their job on the pitch and seeing where it's going. Yeah, but, yeah agreed. Yeah. Okay, should we, uh, should we do some headlines? Let's do you want to keep headlines. talking about this? No, we could. Move it along, Michelle. Okay, let's do some headlines. We start with the Asian Champions League, where Al-Etihad suffered a shock loss in group stage action. On Monday, the Saudi Giants suffered a 2-0 loss to Iraqi side Air Force Club, losing despite starting French stars Karim Benzema and Nagolo Kante. The loss has put more pressure on Al-Etihad manager Nuno Espiritu Santu, with the club winless in their past five matches in the Saudi Pro League. Al-Etihad has still in first place in their AFC Champions League, group and their next group match will be against winless OKMK on November 26th. In uh, English Premier League news, Newcastle's injury woes continue to build ahead of their big Champions League group clash with Borussia Dortmund today. <sighs> Defender Dan Byrne is the latest key Newcastle player to be lost for an extended period of time, suffering a back injury that could sideline him for up to three months. Byrne was subbed off at halftime of their 1-0 win over Arsenal on Saturday after he landed on his spine. Eddie Howe also confirmed that Matt Target is set to be out for a few months with a hamstring injury that he suffered in their 3-0 win over Manchester United in the Carabao Cup last week. Byrne and Target join injured winger Jacob Murphy, we chatted about him yesterday, and suspended midfielder Sandra Tonali, among the players missing for Newcastle right now. Staying in the Premier League, Tottenham lost more than just their London Derby match against Chelsea on Monday. Shortly after the Spurs 4-1 uh, loss, Brazilian forward Richarlison revealed that he will require surgery. Richarlison told ESPN Brazil on Monday night, saying, quote, the last few few months haven't been easy for me. I've also been suffering with my health. I think I've already talked to doctors and I'll soon have surgery on my pubic bone. Richarlison did not appear in Tottenham's loss to Chelsea and he was left out of Brazilian national team squad for their upcoming World Cup qualifiers. One player who did make Brazil's team for their high-profile qualifiers against Colombia and Argentina is 17-year-old sensation Endrick, who headlines the squad chosen by Fernando Diniz. The Real Madrid-bound teenager is top form for Brazilian side Palmeiras with three goals in his past two matches, giving him 11 goals in 47 matches. The Brazil squad also features Vinny Jr., Rafinha, and Gabriel Jesus. Brazil visits Colombia on November 16th before hosting Argentina on November 21st. The NWSL season wraps up with the final on Saturday, and the league has unveiled its selections for the NWSL Best 11, which featured a deep contingent of U.S. women's national team standouts. Sophia Smith, Naomi Gurma, and Ali Krieger headlining the squad, while teenager Jaden Shaw and Sam Coffey were first-team selections. Alex Morgan and Trinity Rodman were among the players named to NWSL's Best 11 second team. So, Alexis, when you look at this Best 11, who are you happiest to see make the team and who stands out to you as potentially the biggest snub? 
Ooh, snub is interesting. Um, to give credit to some of the players that made this list, I mean, you've got, you know, uh, uh, Gordon, who's obviously a defensive standout, Naomi Gurma, who we've talked about ad nauseum on the show, Ali Krieger retiring, having an incredible playoff run. Lynn Williams, I look at her, also a great playoff run. She's got seven goals and three assists on the season. Uh, Sam Coffey with eight assists. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. But I guess as far as snubs is concerned, I mean, you, maybe like a – I don't know, like a mega Rapino on her final season. It's a little bit no. of a gets a shout. No? no, you don't think so? No, not over over those three. Who would Caroline, you pick? Caroline was phenomenal. Caroline, incredible. Uh, Jaden Shaw. I mean, she, what a standout for for her to be so young and make the best eleven coming to the national team. I, I'm really high on her. Uh, just her movement. She grasped the game really well, and she has those intangibles that you can't teach: quickness, speed, um, her her thought process in the attacking third. I love it, and she. She has incredible shot um, from, from distance. So Jaden Shaw stood out to me in, in there. And Caroline, I thought, was just, she was unplayable. Yeah, and Sophia you, Smith, you we talked about that injury. a million times also. Mm -hmm. Every one of these ladies deserve it, for sure. In terms of a snub. That's interesting. Maybe Ashley Hatch, who had a great season as well, mm. but I wouldn't put her over mm. Sophia Smith. Yeah. So it's hard to see who I would replace one of these players with. But... It's tough. They've had a great – NWSL's had a fun season so far. It has. Far. It all ends this weekend, too. Yeah. Big final this weekend. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take another break. We are chatting some MLS Cup playoffs when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. Quinones now, and this is when he's the most dangerous. Running forward, looking for Escobar inside the area. And a point to the spot. It's definitely a penalty from the replay we saw. McMath picks the right way, comes up with the save with the second follow-up, and Houston have the lead. It'll be Savarino! We're on level at one! 90 plus minutes have concluded. We will head to the penalty spot to determine a winner. Wow, RSL pushing it to a third game. Uh, MLS Cup playoffs in full swing. Here's a look at the results in round one so far. Um, we've got Cincinnati moving on, as well as Sporting Kansas City and LAFC. As we mentioned, RSL get the, it ends in a 1-1 draw, but they win on penalties. So that is going to go to a game three in that first round series. Um, we've got FC Dallas and the Seattle Sounders also going to three games. Tonight, Atlanta United and Columbus Crew, as well as Nashville SC and Orlando City face off. And then tomorrow, the Revs will host the Philadelphia Union. So let's chat about um, this Real Salt Lake Houston Dynamo. How are some of these only in their second game? I know. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. So much. It's just like. Oh, man. <laughs> extend, extend. Um, Credit to RSL, though, yeah. man, because I think uh, a lot of people, Houston Dynamo were kind of a, a sexy dark horse pick uh, based on their late season form. They've been playing really, really well mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of the, the season. And RSL is just one of these teams. They don't do it pretty, but they are tough to beat. Mm -hmm. And that is such a Pablo Mastroeni-led Club. Yes. It's just a never-say-die attitude, and they, they don't back down. Uh, Jefferson Savarino getting that late goal and then pushing this to PKs, winning in a PK shootout. And then it goes to a game three, and you just don't know. Anything can happen. 
Anything can happen. Charlie, what did you make of this result? Look at that beautiful free kick from Sabrina. But, uh, I mean, it was a little bit of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde in, in terms of RSL in the first half and the second half. I think Houston could have put them away. Uh, early in this game in the first half once Bossy scores off his rebound and on, on the penalty but um, you know when they have Chicho Arango on the pitch they're a different side just because of his involvement in the attacking third he was on the bench yes, for this one coming back and trying to get fit again and there's a big difference with him on the pitch and when, when he's not on the pitch. Yeah. I think things flow much easier, and he's always in a good position, whether it's to score the goal or create the goal in the attacking third. And Zach McMath, he's had a renaissance year for, 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 for a goalkeeper who had struggled a lot making those mental errors, those, those mistakes. But this season has been very consistent for RSL, and now you're seeing them have, have a big chance. He was, he was good on the penalty shootout. Here's the tricky part about this three-game series. I think over 180 minutes, Houston showed that they were better. They haven't lost. It's been 180 minutes where it's been four points, essentially, for, for Houston and just a point. For RSL, even the aggregate shows that Houston was better. Well, they're but bad just on the road, like, typically. Correct, but just but they got a result on the road, which is, again, I'm struggling with understanding the spirit of the three-game series because Houston needs to start putting these teams away because this is not a good enough effort. In, in the first game, it felt like Despite Houston being better, RSL was still asking questions. It was eventually they got the win. And like you're saying, in maybe they should have won this game, put them away early, got a second or something like that. And, and, and they didn't. So these efforts that Houston put in over 180 minutes hasn't been good enough. And they've been better. And, and in any normal circumstance, they'd be through. So I, I, I'm really I know. curious to see how it plays out in a third game because it would be wild if RSL ends up getting it done after not being a better team. Well, the, third, the third game will be at home. Yeah, you expect them to play better and been so in Houston. And RSL, of all the things we could say about them, is that they're resilient. Uh, if you care about the, uh, they're re resilient, Sully. Uh, if you care about the XG, Houston should have won. And look, you got to give them credit. They, it, it was, they took them to pens at home, which isn't the <sighs> best performance. And Diego Luna, young guy, steps hey, up, all the pressure the on show. him, scores the winner. I mean, congrats to him. They're showing you that they're better than what we've seen on, on, on paper and what we've seen on the pitch. But I do think when you go back to Houston, it's over. It's do, you, a wrap for RSL. do you remember that? Was it 2021 when RSL went on that little run in the playoffs where nobody? With I think Bruce they Nacken, were they were like a seven seed, oh and then God. yeah, I know. But then they they took down Seattle. They went to Sporting Kansas City and and got a result there. They kept winning, and this is just um, it, it's like I said earlier. It's indicative of a Pablo Mastroeni team. And so when I look at this game three, you think, yeah, Houston at home. This is going to be done and dusted but I just you cannot you cannot count them out no. and if Chicho Arango can come in even for you know an end of game like to give that last sort of like that boost that little inject some some energy I, any honestly anything could happen yeah. in that game I'm three. with you what a crazy pickup for that. <laughs> I know what a great I pickup. know yeah he was so well they good got Sabarino at back and then they got Chicho Arango and that those have been the difference makers along with Diego Luna coming from academy potential to I'm, I'm, a, I'm a contributor at the, the highest level. So the, the, the team has really transformed over the past six months. 
Yeah, we, guys, it's not over. We've got. Do you know what? I literally forgot that Philadelphia and New England play tomorrow. Yeah. And I was like, They're that's only, only their that's second only their game. second game. <laughs> I was looking at the schedule so and my my, ma- my mind was. That's a whole nother. We're all gonna have beers, all four of us. Beers down the A whole nother debate <laughs> in, in that match. And, you know, is Carlos Hill healthy? Is he back? Will you tell us, the, Rebs man? The Rebs are, are at home, the, the, where they're supposed to be dominant. Um, and then you, you have the whole Kai Wagner thing. Yeah. Where oh, he God. apparently said a, a racist remark has to come of that, huh? Bobby Wood and, and in German, which Bobby Wood speaks German. So um, it's been radio silence on all fronts. Uh, Remember when Rebs were competing for you know the Supporter Shield earlier in the season? They were online, yeah, they and they were, were in top yeah. form. Compared to where they are now, if that if you consider that earlier form of ten, where do you think they are right now going into this second second match of the first round of best of three? Mm-hmm. A, five. Play, a five yeah. at half. Mm-hmm. Wow, rough. Yikes. Yeah. You know what's gonna be crazy? After this round one is over and then there's this international break and then it's like one game's like it's gonna it's gonna yeah. go by like this and we're gonna be like, oh, what the heck just happened? <laughs> if they were concerned chaos. with Apple getting a certain amount of games, why wouldn't they have put two game series? I don't two know. game series here, two game series there. I don't know. I don't make these decisions. This is why I say everyone gets in the playoffs. Mayhem. You get a playoffs. You get a playoffs. So, so what happens when you don't get in? What does that no, mean? No, no, everybody gets in. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole league gets in single game oh. elimination. Uh, I just make it a, just a bracket. Go wild, the whole thing. We call it November. The, the regular season is gone. just for seeding. We're gonna miss it when we don't have it to talk about. Yeah, I'm just let's saying. go. Oh, that's right. a fact. <laughs> Apple, hire me. I got <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> he's, he's going for Apple. Job. Yeah, I want, I want front guys, office. It's time for a break. Um, we are chatting some of today's Champions League matchups when we come back. Stay with us. It's UEFA Champions League. Can there be an upset here? Nicely done. Haaland. Oh, it's in. Devastating finish from Erling Haaland. Parried away. It's a tap in for Colomuani. Keen on punishing Milan. Kevin Lopez. Who makes absolutely sure this time? He took that one emphatically. And he's called it back for Zerouki! All smiles in Rotterdam for the home side. Welcome back. Match day four of Champions League kicks off today. Here's a look at today's fixtures. At 12.45, we've got Dortmund taking on Newcastle as well as Shakhtar Donetsk facing Barcelona. Milan versus PSG at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then we also have Lazio taking on Feyenoord in Group E action. You can watch that match on Galazzo Network. And a reminder, our coverage kicks off today at 2 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. All right, guys. We already hit on... Group F, group of death. So let's chat about some of these other groups. Let's uh, chat some group E where Feyenoord, Feyenoord is currently sitting on top of the group standings right there with six points. Are we, are we surprised at Feyenoord? What have they been doing yes. well? How have they put themselves in this position? I'm, I'm surprised uh, to beat Lazio and Celtic. I could see them beating Celtic. And that's a, for me, it was a back and forth to, in my mind, who would finish third in this group. Mm-hmm. But Feyenoord have been so uh, proactive in, mm-hmm. in going out to get these results. And look at that tap-in from Santi Jimenez. And it, I just think they, they've approached these matches in the right way. Knowing when to press, knowing when to be sit back and, and 
be organized and consolidate the lines. It's just been a, a fantastic start to the group stage for Feyenoord. I mean, they won the Eredivisie the VC last season, 85.7 points away. I mean, they've, they've been fun to watch under Arne Slot. I'm, I'm excited to see what more they can do. Do they finish top of the group? I, feel, I still feel like Atletico is probably a better team, but at least Feyenoord is really exciting to watch. They're prolific, they're dynamic, a very offensive-minded team, and it's great to watch, especially when there's somebody from CONCACAF leading the lines, son of a former Boca Juniors player, oh. Chaco Jimenez. Uh, ah, Santi Jimenez, 13 goals, 3 assists. And think about Chido Immobile on the other side, only 3 right. goals um, all season. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, not concerned. The loss for Atletico Madrid on Friday kind of made me think, is this a stumbling block that they can get over? They were in fine form. They were, they were cruising Atletico mm -hmm. Madrid. They were, they were really good. Goals. Yeah, they were sc scoring a lot of goals. Very difficult to contain since they beat Real Madrid in a game that they were far better beyond Real Madrid. They kept on going, and then Las Palmas kind of just hit the e-break. So now they have to go into this match day to try to just get a win and, and not drag this on. It's, it's home versus Celtic. So in my mind, they, they All three points. are, are going to get three points today. What about they have to. They have to, they have to, to, to stay atop the You the don't think Brendan Rodgers has a little trick up his sleeve? No, <laughs> neither do I. Mm. What about Lazio, who've been, I mean, over underwhelming? Very. Yeah. This season, after finishing second in Serie A last year, I, what's what's been their narrative? Why are they not getting the results? They can't score. Yeah. It's so difficult. I mean, you got a guy like Tati Castellano on the bench. Give him a run out. I mean, let's see what he can do. He's someone who likes to play, you know, play we off the shoulder. Tante. Yeah, he's, he's also one of those gamers. We talk about CONCACAF. He may be from South America and not CONCACAF, but he has that dark art in him. He knows how to get under the skin of a defender. Give him a chance. NYCFC, <laughs> MLS Cup, Golden Boot at MLS. I, Give the kid a chance. I wonder how much Lazio's dip in form is linked to the loss of Milinkovic Savic who was their talisman, essentially, at the end of the day. And if you're considering... But they lost him to a huge league, right? That he probably... <laughs> if, if you're considering that Atletico is going to get the three points 99%, Lazio can't skip a beat. If Feyenoord gets some sort of result, even if they win and keep on pushing Lazio back, they got to start thinking about Europa League because it won't be good enough. Well, Feyenoord has already beaten Lazio. Yeah. So you're going into this. If you're Lazio, you have to win. Yep. Do you honestly think Lazio's good enough to make it out of this group? I don't think so. It feels like Europe is probably their level right now. Mm. And, and, and it was their level last year. I think these two teams were in the same group last year in, in, in Europa League, and it was a very fiery group. And Feyenoord does, doesn't abandon their DNA. No. And the problem with Lazio is the last, they're, they're winless in the last three, two losses and a draw. They just they haven't found form. There's no cohesion. There's there's no ideas going forward. And so you're sitting in tenth in, in Syria. You're trying to figure out issues with the group, not only in the league, but in, this is Champions League, where Feyenoord's a well-oiled machine. They're they're firing on all fronts. Yeah. They have an identity. Lazio, when you lose a player of that quality, yeah. they haven't been able to figure out what's our strengths. 
All right, uh, Lazio taking on Feyenoord today, 3 p.m. You can watch that match on the Galazzo Network. Let's transition over to Group G. Here's a look at the current standings as they are now. And Manchester City absolutely running away with this group. Nine points. They are perfect so far in group stage. With the win today against Young Boys, they could clinch their spot into the, the next round. So, um, I mean... We What's show, to we say? What I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I don't like, know what to say. When my like, mother saw me and my friends running around the street, the young boys are about G. to get beat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is you can lock it in. Lock it in. There, there's. I mean, when we were watching the the live draw, and I saw how this group was shaping up, I just thought, well, okay. Yeah, man said he said layup. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Chef's kiss. And and RB Leipzig, they also have lost one of their best players and Danny Olmo who's who's been out and that's been a big loss not only in Champions League but also in the Bundesliga when you have a player who who is so prolific in front of goal and it feels like he is is starting to grow into his potential and and for him to be out with a, a massive injury I think that's really halted RB Leipzig. Yeah. Um, back on Manchester City, though, Erling Holland suffered an ankle injury. He might might not be available for this game. I, it it, it doesn't him. feel like that's even a concern. Julian yeah. Alvarez, I think, has played incredibly well when asked um, to, to perform three assists and four goals, if I'm not mistaken. He's I, I like the way the team plays with him there. I also think this is a great opportunity for uh, Phil Foden to maybe get a little bit more of the shine. Um, you know, start some of your younger players. Uh, you know, Doku's having an incredible season. Um, let's see what they got. I don't think you need Erling Holland in this match. And I know I want to respect their competition in Champions League, but if we're being honest, I don't think you need it. Especially with the schedule coming up, it's Chelsea at mm-hmm. Chelsea, Liverpool at home, Oof. and then RB Leipzig. I think you can benefit from giving Erling Holland the rest. And Juli Alvarez, man, playing with Holland, he plays well. Playing without Holland, he plays well. He has understood what. Pep needs from him, and he is growing and developing into such an incredible player. Already won the World Cup. He's won so much already. Like well-rounded, you're saying it in terms of just being the ultimate player of playing whatever whatever the game asks of him. Uh, Similar to what Harry Kane is now, a complete striker, but not in that mold. But a player, if you need him to play the nine, he can play a nine. If he can play more of a a withdrawn forward or a ten, he can play that. A winger. I, I've seen his growth under Pep Guardiola, and yep. that's, that's why, as a player, you want to play for Pep mm. Guardiola, because he develops every part of your game. Yeah, and it's not easy. It's not just about going out there and expressing yourself. You have to do a job under Pep Guardiola. You have to play your position because other players are expecting you to be in certain spots at certain points of the game, and Julian Alvarez has absolutely shown uh, propensity to do that. I, I have a major hot take. I think Alvin Phillips should start. Can the guy no, get he's a not couple of start. minutes? I know he's not, he's not but I, I think he should. It's um, against young boys. Let the guy run out. Let him start in goal. Do something. You know who might start? Jeremy Doku, again, after what we saw at the weekend. Oh, is, this dude, is he Brazilian or is he actually Belgian? <laughs> because the way that he's playing with so much flair, he's so confident. He's so explosive. The way that he wants to take people on, he can fake to his left, fake to his right. He, it's like, he's like a Swiss army knife all of a sudden, like on that one-on-one. I was wildly impressed. Um, Roberto Martinez, in the very first season of Champions League, I asked him, who do you like up and coming? And he said, Jeremy Doku, when he was managing the Belgian national team. He, he was the one that told me, watch out for Jeremy Doku. And slowly, slowly, and, and look where he is now from. And it's crazy that no one got him beforehand. From yeah, and to break into red. this team, yep. that says a lot for mm-hmm. a young player. Yep, yep. Man City uh, taking on Young Boys, 3 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Before we go to a break, let's check out Group H.
And those standings were Barcelona, also perfect through group stage as we are halfway through the group stage at this point. Um, I believe with a win as well, they're another team that could clinch uh, their spot into the next round, they are going to be taking on Shakhtar. And Ant Antwerp has zero points. Antwerp has? Uh, not one. <laughs> um, and they've given up 12 goals. Yikes. They have shipped 12 goals. So Antwerp, uh, I mean, they can't register players properly, as, <laughs> as Sam Vines would be able to attest to that. And and obviously, they are they shouldn't be in this competition. They're, they're well below the level. And Shakhtar, you would expect to finish third in this group. Uh, Porto, um, they lost 1-0 uh, over the weekend, so they're, they're not backing as, into second. Yeah, yeah, they're backing into second. Barcelona are, are the clear favorites here. Although, if you watch the match against Real Sociedad where they lost 1-0 over the weekend. Or Real Sociedad lost 1-0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th I felt Real Sociedad had the better of chances. They, I think they, they were the better. Have, they were the they should have team. gotten a result. Yep, I agree. So Barca were very fortunate in, in that game. There, there were hints of the Barcelona of last season where it was 1-0 win, Ter Stegen saving Barcelona at certain moments, um, which is great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because when you have a world-class goalkeeper like that, you kind of expect him to do that. But Barcelona, in certain moments this season, has needed last Gaffs wins to kind of just rack up these points. They're not they're not near Real Madrid in terms of, of quality, in my opinion. Not I quite think. as convincing. No. Classical showed you that. Mm. You want to start before yeah. we go to break? Let's go. Okay, so Mark Van Bommel, coaching PSV, Wolfsburg, and Royal Antwerp in the Champions League, has played 12 games. He has not won once. No manager in the history of the Champions League has gone 13 games without a win. Wow. So you're saying Royal Lions will win? I'm not just saying that's his stat. He's got to win. He's got to win to not be the first manager to, so to not win in 13 games. 13 games, 13 losses, and 12 goals given up. I, I, I don't know if 13 <laughs> losses. I don't know those losses if he lost <laughs> all six with PSG. They've given up 12 goals. Yeah. Jeez. That's rough. Tough. That's rough. Um, our coverage, Champions League, begins today, 2 p.m. on Paramount Plus. Champions League match day four. We are going to take another break, but Michelle's going to be back with some more headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 